1: Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of Black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, they are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of Black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca.
0: Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humoured personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative
1: Control... Please visit patreon.com slash creative control today.
2: I get scared trying to pass the trucks on the highway. I miss you sometimes and I hate that I do. I can't see me going See on myself anytime soon, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't care. Maybe if I say.
1: Georges is a talented songwriter, singer, musician, and producer currently based just outside of Toronto, Ontario. First releasing music publicly in 2009, Georges is an award-winning artist who has collaborated with everyone from Buck 65 to The National and has released six acclaimed albums of her own since 2010. Her latest record is an entirely self-produced affair called I'd Be Lying If I Said I Didn't Care, which was released by Arts and Crafts Records, On August 25th, 2023. In our first long-form interview since 2010, somehow, Hannah and I discussed things like why she needed to move out of Toronto, tennis, swimming, and acupuncture, her particular kind of pop music, how I'd be lying if I said I didn't care delves into her own perceptions of herself, her standing, and an urge to communicate, why she opted to produce this album on her own, show business in Canada and authenticity, a lot of upcoming tour dates, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners just like you who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and tell your friends all about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. That Patreon is the primary source of good revenue that I get for all this work so if you have the means and the inclination to support the Creative Control Patreon please do thank you very much with additional support from Blackbird Music a really wonderful record store with uh, bricks and mortar locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta and a great website where you can order records like uh, Hannah Georges' new one I'd be lying if I said I didn't care they'll ship it right to your house I think go to blackbird.ca for more information about how to do that, plus in-kind support from the likes of Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Grandad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 795 of Creative Control, featuring the self-propelling musical force, Hannah Georges, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. hannah how's it going hey i'm good thank you how are you i'm well i'm very well thank you where in the world are you today i'm at
3: home i'm in belleville actually
1: oh is that where you is that where you're from originally
3: i'm not actually i'm from newmarket which is basically a suburb of toronto but i have been living in belleville for the last couple of years now I moved from Toronto, actually, like kind of the off the top of the pandemic, to Prince Edward County, and lived there for a year. And then for the last two years, I've been here in uh, good old Belleville.
1: Ah, now what prompted the yeah. move? It's uh, first of all, you moved from Toronto, uh, and then yep. that's the first thing. What prompted the move away from Toronto?
3: Well, it kind of was a couple of things, basically the pandemic kind of had something to do with it. And I also was living, I was living in an apartment just on King and Dufferin. And I had been there for about five years. And my upstairs neighbor was driving me bananas. And (laughs) (laughs) my partner moved in with me three years after I'd been living in this place on my own. And yeah, I was just kind of like growing out of that neighborhood a bit and wanting more space. And then this whole neighbor debacle and and then the pandemic. And so it was like, okay, let's, let's find – let's get out of here and either find something else in the city that has more space um, or let's like really get out of here mm. and move – You know, somewhere that is quieter and just felt like during that time, especially like it was July 2020 when we moved, it just felt like everything was so heightened right in that pocket of the city with the pandemic and grocery shopping was like a thing and it was just all kind of stressful and and uh, a bit a bit intense. So, yeah, we ended up finding this like cute little house In Prince Edward County, and I rented, we rented that for a year. Hmm. And then from there, I had been like keeping my eyes peeled for places that were like slightly closer to the city and off the 401 East. And um, I found Belleville.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, no real connection to it before that?
3: No, actually, no real connection at all. Just the fact that it kind of checked off. Um, all the boxes that I was looking to check off, which was having more space, being able to afford a home, being in a small city, uh, small town. I la- I really was like craving that and close to water and just still having access to the things I need. And potentially, you know, I was looking for like a space to have a studio. And so all of those things like Oh, tennis courts that were close by. Oh. <laughs> um, all those kinds of things, were like just kind of all magically worked out with Belleville, and and so that prompted the move here.
1: Right, and and for those listening around the world, Belleville is what a, a couple hours away from Toronto. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yep. If the traffic's not bad, you can do it in like an hour and forty-five. Yeah. But if you follow the speed limit, it's about like two two hours. Right. No traffic.
1: Yeah, right. and are are you an avid tennis player?
3: I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I, I play tennis. I really, I really enjoy it. Like, I've been. It depends on like where my back is at these days. Uh. <laughs> Sound. I have like sometimes my back acts up, but like I love playing tennis. There's like clay courts right around the corner from my place, and I'm a. I have a membership there, and. Yeah, tennis is like been my favorite sport as of late, and obviously I still like I swim. Not obviously, but that's I I love I love to swim too.
1: <laughs> well, if you got bad back issues, sometimes the swimming helps. That's, that's what they say.
3: It's perfect. Yeah. It's like it just helps my back so much. Um, so yeah, those are two things I really like to to do.
1: Well, I'm sorry to hear about your back issues. And uh, oh, thank yeah, you. that's a drag. I don't know. You got an injury, or just like
3: basically i think it's an accumulation of like all of the things anywhere from like being in a car traveling for long extended periods of time touring and maybe too much hot yoga at one point in my life Mm. (laughs) and it just like all kind of i was actually um making my my last record Um, I was working on it in upstate New York and doing, like, these epic drives. And I, to and from um, this, uh, the producer that I was working with, Aaron Dessner, I was driving back and forth and not taking many breaks. And it was, like, right after that, like, everything with my back just, like, kind of, it just all happened then and there. It was just something, like, really ignited that, the pain. And then I ended up having... To uh, I have, like, two disc bulges in my lower back. and oh, no. So it's just been a lot of, uh, yeah, just a lot of massages and um, stretching and things like that that have helped it, and the swimming. Yeah. But it's just a thing that you kind of you can't really resolve you live with, but you just kind of have to, you know, do the things to make everything else around that injury stronger. Yeah.
1: Hey, I'm just saying I uh, thank you for, uh, you know, being so candid about it. I got the same stuff. I got the same things. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I got to like, uh, I got to, st- I'm talking, I've had, I've had a stand up desk for the last 10 years. That, I think that helps. Oh, I'm, not, wow. I'm not sitting, you know, and. Uh,
3: Does that help you a lot? The the desk thing? I think
1: so. I don't, I haven't had major, and then, you know, I do stretching every day and all the other stuff you described yeah. and uh, I know yeah. I'm running uh, every other day now and I'm, I'm trying to keep uh, in shape and back's holding out, yeah. but in that uh, in that stretching session I do sort of after that stuff. Yeah, I really work on my yeah. lower back and shoulders and neck and all that stuff that bothers me and uh, seems to be maintaining. I'm supposed to go to get acupuncture soon and cup oh, mas- that cupping massage. That helps so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I find like the best. Yeah, the best relief is like for some reason acupuncture does. A lot of great things yeah. I've, I've been finding. Well, I yeah. appreciate
1: that. And, and and by the way, for those listening, this has not become a physiotherapy podcast. It's just, <laughs> you know, you get to a certain age and then you start talking about this stuff with people because you don't feel that good all the time. Totally. Yeah. So, yep. it's no, true. it's good. And I'm glad you find uh, you, you've you've managed to find a, a bit of a, a quieter place to live. It sounds like that was important to you.
3: Yeah, I was feeling that a lot. Um over the last, like, few years, um, and just the need to have, like, a bit more space. And, uh, yeah, and living with living with my partner, too. He's also a, a very creative person and musician, and it's, like, we both work from home, so it's, like, nice to just have space where we can do our thing, and I, I find that really important.
1: Well, it's nice to hear, too, that you uh, have a partner. Uh, that's good to hear, because Thank as you. I ponder... Uh, some of the lyrics and, and yeah. the songs here on this beautiful album of yours I'd be lying if I, I said I didn't care yeah I didn't say that it's great uh, no that's okay thank yeah, you it's lovely and it's you know I have a thing I'll be candid with you Hannah sometimes uh, you know yep. the kids and my wife will hear uh, music I'm listening to in preparation for these conversations and every once in a blue moon they give me kind of like side eye because uh, they'll be like yeah hey you're you don't like uh, electronic music I'm like what do you mean <laughs> What do you mean I don't? They're like, "Well, I don't know, you never listen to this kind of thing or you don't listen to like pop music, you know?" And I and I say, "No, I li- yeah. I I listen to I contain multitudes." I don't think that's yeah. true, but then I realize that they might be right. Like normally they're like it's all like heavy rock or punk and and rap music or whatever, and then every once in a while some and they're like, well, "I didn't think you liked this." I'm like, "No, it's good. I like it." Anyway, your record, I will say, has been one of those where like, "Huh? Papa, you're listening to kind of pop music." I'm like, My son, by the way, loves Buck 65. You remember when you appeared on that Buck 65 record uh, some years ago? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So my son, I think my son loves Buck 65, and I think he's like, Who is this? I'm like, It's it's Hannah Georges. Oh, do I, do we know? Have I, have we listened to her before? I'm like, Well, she's on that Buck 65 record. He's like, Right, right. (laughs) Okay, got it. Anyway, my point is they were a little sort of, all of them were like, Huh. Anyway, it's a beautiful record, and it is pretty. Poppy, yes. Would you agree? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I guess like yeah, it has I've always like been like I love pop music and I love like writing things that feel catchy and that you want to listen to over and over again. That's like part of like a lot of what I listened to growing up, so I'll take it. Yeah, there's like a pop poppiness to it.
1: It's not like super slick though. I just wanna care I don't want to characterize it like it is it's for them and for me, apparently, it's a little poppier yeah. than what I would usually play in the house. But it's not, I, yeah. I think it's very artful and all those sorts of things. So I don't want people to get the, the wrong idea. It's not like you're making, you know, like top 40 chart music per se. <laughs> Although it could, if everything was just, just in the world, it would be like it's that, it's, it's yeah, catchy a bit more as hell. Hi-fi.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: No, you're welcome. Now, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, the lyrical motifs. I couldn't help yeah. but wonder because there's a lot of, um, music and and it's a lot of these lyrics are directed it seems to me at a nebulous you uh and i wonder if it i thought maybe uh it was a breakup record yeah that's where the connection was is it a breakup record for you in some way
3: Mm, no well it's like maybe a it could i think it's a lot about like my own shit and my own like um Mm. yeah it's a lot about like My own self-worth and self-acceptance and like the ups and downs of like, you know, how I deal with my insecurities and um, dealing with rejection and all that stuff. It's like more, it could be like a breakup record to myself, but yeah, it's very like insular and yeah.
1: So the you is, the you that you're thinking about could be you. It
3: could be me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or just whatever it is I'm kind of going through, and but yeah, we're like nothing is nothing is like really love breakup related though. Okay, on this record, which is a, a, a maybe a first. There's always some something tinged with like break, like relationship stuff, breakup stuff, and and past records, but yeah,
1: huh. because some of these uh, glances that you're Putting forth, they're withering. Uh, they, you seem hard on the subject of the song sometimes. And now I'm, yeah. now I'm, now so now that you say this, I'm getting concerned. Are you, yeah, are you, are you okay with yourself?
3: <laughs> I'm definitely okay. Yeah, I'm like, I think for me, writing all this stuff, it's always been like a cathartic thing, like just being able to like get it out and it's just what i've always done things like things that are harder to express on you know and communicating with people it's easier to like get out in the songs that i write so i feel like yeah that was very much like how this all went and how these songs kind of came together yeah
1: it's interesting to hear you use the word communicate because uh, a, a couple of songs, and I can't remember if they're back to back on the album. Yeah. What I don't want, yeah, and better, better somehow, yeah, um, stuck out for me because each. And uh, I'll read the lyrics that I'm thinking of, and what I don't want. Uh, you say once you let me say it out loud. Yeah. In better, in better somehow. You say maybe if I say it out loud. Yeah. It will all be better somehow. So a lot of like. Well, I took that is like, oh, there's some sort of communication thing happening here. A breakdown. Your, the 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 narrator of the song is trying to overcome communication. I think is a big part of this record. Yeah. Correct.
3: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, yeah I've throughout my life I've found it like challenging to be able to communicate really personal feelings, especially when it comes to like me. <laughs> And like dealing with like my own feelings of like just not feeling good or like I've I've always felt like I've been a lot of a people pleaser in a way too. So it's like those when it's hard to like express the things that are tricky to communicate that's hard and I often like let you know things just kind of get the best of me and then I end up like feeling resentful or crappy after the fact and what I don't want is like kind of about that like trying to be being able to make better decisions by learning from the things that you don't want and recognizing the things that cause discomfort or have caused me discomfort or and realizing like other people's values don't necessarily line up with mine and being okay with that those are all things that like have just been like a journey and and still have, I'm still like figuring that all out, but yeah, it's, it's a lot about communication and, and just being more honest with the things that don't feel
1: good. And Mm. yeah. You seem to be in a bit of a conundrum about it though. Um, if I may, Yeah, because whether or not it ends up being better to say things out loud or not. Yeah. On the first song, Scratch,
2: yeah.
1: uh, the chorus is words have such an easy way of making me feel so down, and the mistakes I made know how to speak so loud. Yeah, Again, this loudness. It's something about, hmm, I want to, again, this is not meant to be a, psychiat- a pseudo-psychiatric <laughs> session, but words have such an easy way of making me feel so down. So those are spoken words, those are written words. yeah. There's part of you that wishes you didn't have to say anything or people didn't have to say anything to you. And then and then elsewhere, it's like seeming to clamor yeah. um, to want to communicate things so that you can express yourself and that your feelings are known. Yeah. Are you any... So I'm seeing this sort of... Um, I don't even know it's a balancing act. They're almost oppositional ideas yeah. of uh, speaking out or not speaking out, and that's fine, too. After processing, like writing these songs, processing uh, what you've come up with here, are you leaning one way or the other more <laughs> these days?
3: Um, every day is a struggle. I mean, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm getting better at it, but it's. I guess that's why I'm like just so fascinated with talking about it all the time because, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm like I can be clear with my thoughts and communicate the, the hard feelings. And then some days I feel like I'm a shell of a human and I can't, and it's just like, I guess that's just like my, just the way it goes for me. And, um, I know, and I know that's why like I always have found like kind of, My happy place with being able to like write stuff and yeah, I don't know. It's Mm. yeah, go for it.
1: (laughs) Well, well, I think you don't know. That's what I'm getting at. So, but there's no right. I'm not. I'm not. That's not a failure. I mean, Mm. it's it's clearly coming through this ambivalence to Mm -hmm. what will actually fulfill you.
3: Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I'm so when it comes to like giving people clear support and advice that's that's like a piece of cake but when it comes to like my own issues and doubts and insecurities I can like go down major rabbit holes with things and feel pretty lost or like I think also just being someone that needs to like say tough things to people or even like just being my own you know, running my own business and all that stuff, and like having to have hard conversations with people, or like having to, like, just I don't know, all those things are like it's just trickier. And, and I want, you know, I think it stems a lot from like my upbringing and wanting to just please everybody and not hurt mm. anybody's feelings and things like that.
1: You've picked an interesting vocation. I think when it uh, to either avoid or embrace that notion of being a people pleaser Um, and there are times here like, you know, earlier I suggested, is this a breakup record? And and you, uh, I I appreciate you kind of clarifying that. No, although I mean the way we're heading down this road, I mean, maybe you're trying to in, in trying to improve oneself, you kind of do break up with the older version of yourself, if you will. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to look at yourself objectively but yeah. in terms of your vocation, I wonder if there are songs here about that are kind of meta that maybe are about your standing or about your career or about mm-hmm. who you are. There's yeah. a song here called Not the Name You Say. Yeah. And I thought when I was pondering it, I'm like, is this a song about being a singer and being <laughs> a person who's in public and what that means these days of negotiating how much of yourself you want to give to the world, yeah. and also how much the world you—we all kind of sweat some of these decisions. What do I want to present to the world? Yeah. But then sometimes the world is like all in. We're paying attention to you, and other yeah. times you're ignored. And yeah. I know a lot of the artists I interview uh, and people I interview, they go through that. They've spent a long time thinking about something, making something and either yeah. it's it's it, people pay attention to it or they don't and it's weird it's very yeah. strange anyway sorry do yeah. you feel like you're getting at that here and there on this record
3: Ye- yeah exactly it's it's it is about my struggles with like how i um being like how much the industry is like evolved and changed and how much we're expected to be on social media and how much we give of ourselves and And then it's like going down the path of like opportunity, like things that, you know, every single day I feel like, you know, there's ups and downs with being a musician. It's like, oh, this opportunity you're not going to get, this opportunity you do, this person said no, this person said no, this person said no, this person said said yes, So now they don't really like what you do or they – you know what I mean? Like that just happens all the time and you kind of have to be like – oh, that's okay. Uh, I'm okay. (laughs) Like I can, uh, sometimes it does get like, it gets the best of me. And especially like, yeah, there's just all kinds of things. And this, this, that song specifically is about like, kind of being on the other side of like, okay, who, like, all I can do is just be who I am and, and be myself. And if you don't like it, then what else can I do? And I, Take it or leave it, and it is about like the feeling of like rejection and how to do how I've like how it hurts and then how you how you can use that in a po- more positive way and creating creating your own lane and I don't know, yeah, it is about it's, it is
1: about that the music industry it's, <laughs> it's very hard to be chill mm-hmm. and and casual and cool about that level of rejection because it starts to feel like neglect yeah. as well. Like, yeah. what more could I do than pour hours and hours and hours and, and delve into my feelings? Mm-hmm. And even that doesn't seem to resonate. Like, that's... So, yeah, it gets very... Sadly, it's such a pers- personal realm that you... I, I assume... I, I mean, I go through this as well, just so we're clear. Like, yeah. I go through it as, as a semi public personality or whatever like you put yourself out there and when when it resonates with people you feel good and when it doesn't you don't and then you in my case like every week is like that every week I'm like hey (laughs) it went well and then one week it doesn't and you're like well what do I do do I quit do I just keep uh, do you go through this like have you come oh my god pandemic I know yes it sounds like you have is that all
3: the? yeah a lot of the time um I think when I first started out in the industry, I, well, when I first started out in the industry, I didn't really have a lot of support from, I'm Not, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but I, my family was just like, oh, no, don't, you know, you shouldn't, that's not something you should, like, do, or we won't support that if you do it like that. I, and I understand, like, my, my family comes from, like, a generation of, like, it's, just music as a career is seems absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, but I, at that point in my life, I was like, I don't care. Like I just, well, I'm so determined to do it cause I'm so passionate about it. And there was a lot of like, I guess in a way like rejection from, from the very beginning. But like, I guess what I'm trying to say too is like when I was starting off, I for some reason had this like confidence in myself. I got to a point where I was like, all right, I am just going to go and I'm going to just do it. And there was nothing that could really stop me. And then now it's just like a different kind of thing, especially with like how much like just social media and all that stuff is. It's just like a totally different kind of feeling, but I feel a little bit more, sensitive than I ever have, I guess, mm. with this stuff. Whereas before, I was dealing with a different kind of feeling of rejection or, or feeling of doubt. But like, just I, when you're, I don't know, when you're younger, I guess you feel like you can, it's just, you just plow through it. But I, yeah, I feel it feels a, like a different thing a bit now.
1: Yeah, there's a song on this record. I don't know if this exactly follows what you were talking about in a sense Mm -hmm. because you were talking about your family's scrutiny of your career choice. Yeah. And towards the end of the record, there's this really interesting song called Money Makes You Cool. Yeah, And, um, you know, those of us in the arts realm who have been kind of more outspoken about how difficult it can be, some of Mm -hmm. the subtext is... The material conditions are not what they once were. Mm-hmm. And we're not... These are not viable, financially viable lives. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily where that song comes from. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Hey. No. Hey, everyone. Going. Hannah Georges is here. <laughs> Why don't we ask <laughs> Hannah what might no, have inspired I'm... that song? Is there any connection between what we were just talking about and Money Makes You Cool?
3: Um. Well... I that song is is very much about like me in the industry struggling with trying to play the game yeah. a bit like yeah. I yeah like it's just like I've never been good at playing any sort of game in the music industry or like finding my way to like schmooze if, uh, um, I've just been terrible at it and I've met a lot of people in the music industry that are like pros at that yeah. but it's like I've seen the sliminess of it and I've also felt the energy when I've been in a room with someone where it's like I'm not uh, someone else is more important than me and therefore I I won't get any more time or whatever it's just like yeah it's a shitty feeling and it's just kind of like mocking like i guess you know money makes you cool money makes like that's where you gotta go you gotta go towards gotta go towards the money but um yeah yeah.
1: you know earlier i was talking about how it's hard to seem you know a lot of musicians if they can they'll put across an air of indifference You know, Mm -hmm. try to be chill and casual. Hey, people like the record. They don't like the record. What are you going to do? But I know it probably is, it's more multi-layered and multi-faceted than that. You've called your record, interestingly. (laughs) I'd be lying if I said I didn't care. Yeah. That is like an open admission. I don't know exactly where, uh, again, I don't normally ask. Well, you know, why not? We're on the the, uh, topic. Does, Does that title speak to, again, I feel a bit sheepish that my initial impulse was that this is a record about someone else when it seems to be a lot Mm -hmm. about you and grappling Mm -hmm. with who you are and who you think you are and who you want to be and all those sorts of things yeah but but
3: hey i i like that you're like that it's you've related it to something that you like resonated with i don't want it to feel like it's i want anybody to kind of draw their own sure yeah sure
1: so, no, that's fair. It, no it, is, it is open. No, I don't. I just meant like I couldn't tell when I hear eyes and use and songs. I, I yeah, have yeah. learned from experience that they they might be nebulous. They might not be a specific entity that's being addressed. Yeah. I is not even the author. Yeah. It's it's just a narrative yeah. device. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't care. Now that we've had you know a good discussion about some of these things, yeah, that's a little bit about perception, isn't it? That's a little bit about explaining that. Maybe I might put across this vibe that I don't care either way. Yeah, but you, yeah, you do Hannah. You seem to really care. I, and I, I do. Like, I like all humans who are afraid to admit they care is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, yeah,
3: that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's not just
1: about. In your case, this is a really kind of meta experience. Like writing these songs yeah. is about your career as much as anything else. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is a lot about that and the pressure that I put on myself to do well or to like, you know, also to try to not care. Um yeah. and but it it's not so easy. It's just it's not that easy. It's it's actually quite hard. <laughs> and I think, you know, every day is different, but yeah. um sometimes I'm yeah doing pretty well with it and doing and then other times it's pretty hard
1: so every day is different but do you feel different like do you feel like this record and these expressing these sentiments the way you have here does this feel like a leap forward or some sort of transition phase for you yeah to do that to be that yeah?
3: yeah yeah totally it does feel like that it feels like it's you know, I try to be very honest in in what um, in my writing, and every record is always very personal. But this feels, yeah, this feels refreshing to me. And I think, you know, I think people resonate, will resonate with that feeling, too. And it is, it feels like a, an important time, because it was a record of me making a lot of like, decisions to to trust my instincts more and to follow follow my like gut with things and I really wanted the opportunity to like produce the record and all of these things they were like to produce a record was always a dream of mine but up until the very last minute I was like about to work with a producer again and and that was something that I was like no I have to do it and like even with these songs too it's like these songs are quite vulnerable but they feel really good and they feel really refreshing and they feel really honest and um that that's the most important thing when i sit down to make music it's like does it feel right and good and if it doesn't then what's the
1: point yeah so you allude to the fact here that you produced this album yourself is that the first time you've ever done that
3: it's the first time I've ever done that. My um, my partner uh, also like he co-produced it with me. But yeah, the first time I've ever like produced. So yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? So you've alluded, you've just sort of described some of that. Uh, how did it f- exactly feel? And were you ever? I guess what I'm getting at is after. Um, you know what? Let's start this way because I don't know. Everyone's experience with producers is different. Yeah. Um, some people walk into a, a a session and they know exactly what their band is going to sound like and yeah. how everything's going to go. And other people and the producer is just there to be like, "Yep, that seems about right." And then other yeah. times they're more more heavy handed. You've had have you had a sort of a mix of both in your career?
3: Um, I've had like pretty hands on people and like a really great way um but like i sit down like i'll s- have my songs ready to go and demos and like my demos i think are definitely give or in the past give direction but there's a lot of like producing that like mm-hmm. a a, hire a producer to like sit down and like we you know we'll record from the beginning again and work at it together and i've had people like i'm like i want to work with that person because I love their records and this is a sound that I love of theirs. So I want their input. And like, that's how it's gone down in the past before. And it's all been like really incredible experiences and collaborations that I've had with people. Um, and this time around, I've just, I just really like really, really wanted to do that myself. Um, and, Mm give it a go because i've never never done that and i think with all the records that i've made in the past like i don't think i would have been able to do it on anything until now because of how much i've learned and yeah the experience that i've gained from from that but yeah it was like an easy decision and a tough decision at the same time because i just it was very unfamiliar but it was just something that i'd always dreamed about
1: unfamiliar but you studied probably whether you consciously did or not working with Mm. a producer you're yeah you end up sort of studying what they do right
3: totally and i've just always like i've had a lot of fun in the writing stages like producing my demos and like really um getting attached to like the sounds that i've like I'm drawn to and the beats that I like program and that was like something too I was like I want to like pay attention to that more and like I want to like I want to like keep those things and I want to like build off these you know original recordings that I have and just keep going from there that's that was like what I really really set out to do.
1: Yeah, I pick up on a real thread here about you trying to get at your authentic self as much as possible mm-hmm. um, and, and, and present that as directly as possible. Again, we, we've we already talked about the fact that the record is called I'd Be Lying If I Said I Didn't Care. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about the song uh, Not The Name You Say and also What I Don't Want, uh, Fake Happy. That's another yeah. song where you're alluding to the fact that there's been some pretense in the past yeah. and... You want to get away from that. You want to get yeah. away. And money, you know, materialism. We, You know, the, the subtext of some of the social media hand-wringing, I think, is like everyone's kind of presenting a version of themselves, but none of it feels very real um,
2: Yeah, on
1: some level. And But you're meant to pretend everything is pretend. Everything's yeah. <laughs> great or you're great and all this stuff, and it leads to this yeah. identity crisis of, of sorts. So I think where I'm yeah. landing is you are... Kind of emerging from that self-identity murk and trying yep. to present a real, true version of yourself by yeah. you know letting us in a bit more than you have as 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 directly as possible by taking the reins. Is that sorry? Is that a, an accurate way of describing it?
3: It's a perfect way of describing
1: it. Okay.
3: Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, the thing. Can good you thing. just write my bio?
1: <laughs> 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 I think it's already been taken care of at this point, but no, I feel like that's there. You keep alluding to your partner, and you say you uh, he uh, they helped you uh, co-produce yep. the uh, record. I don't think we've we've said their name. What's their name?
3: Yeah, his name's Sean Soroka, and he has a, his own project called Ten Kills the Pack, and he also has a punk band that he plays in called Sure, and he's lovely yes. and he was someone that was like you know he's heard all of my like everything everything that goes on in my life with work and stuff and he know he knew like how much how important it was for me to produce and you know even when I'd be like oh maybe I shouldn't he's like no you have to make the record that you want to make and I want to help you like I want to help you do that and I want to help you follow through and he was just such a huge support through, throughout all of that. And um, and so
1: he was there with me um, the whole step of the way. and The whole step of the way. It wasn't, you didn't, so as much as you wanted to be like, I got to do this, you also hmm. wanted Sean around.
3: Yeah, I guess, I mean, like when it came down to me, like after, like going in and so we did like pieces of... Recording and in the city, like, so I did a lot of it at home. I did all my demos at home and working my studio at home. And then we'd go, Sean and I would go to different studios in Toronto and work with, like, to add more layers. We'd work with, like, a drummer in a studio, or we'd, like, put my you know um guitar through a better through better amps and compressors or thing like sounds that i had recorded at home that we just wanted to make them sound better we 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 did that sort of stuff together and then we'd bring like the home became like the m- motherboard or, or like the, the place where we'd collect all <laughs> yeah. of the all of the stuff the stuff that we tracked in different places and we'd come and work on it together like i worked with a guy named gabe wax who's a an incredible producer and uh songwriter and stuff but he ended up like doing some drum programming for me and he's based in LA so he'd send stuff my way and then we worked on it and and I worked with another drummer in LA who played some drums on stuff but this was all like remote kind of back and forth and then so yeah home would just be the the place where you just bring things together and work on it and he helped out with that.
1: I see okay so you 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 weren't like you it wasn't an insulated experience obviously you went you went out into the world. It was a
3: mixture of both. <laughs> yeah,
2: mixture.
1: <laughs> well, there's some really lovely vocals and, and some cool musical things here. And I'm curious if... Oh, man, like the vocal on s- Scratch really gets to me, by the way. It's the o- album mm. opener. It really... By the time you're like, how do I do that? Like, those things really get to me. They're really... Sorry, I don't mean to fawn here, but yeah. it's really lovely and, and it no, gets to me. No, thank you. Yeah, so my, but my question uh, for you is... Um, after yeah. kind of pondering uh, this record are there particular uh, highlights for you in terms of something that surprised so you're doing this by yourself and you usually get the feedback from an external person say that was really great or why don't you change this line or this could be yeah. why don't we try this so you're doing everything uh, more or less on your own um, mm-hmm. and getting some collaborative feedback but for you, from your own perspective what are some things you've done here vocally musically that stand out for you as like huh I didn't even know I had that in me, huh? We really mm. got to some stuff here. I, I th- these are things I didn't know I could do. Even maybe um, I know that's a maybe a hard question objectively um, for yeah. you to answer. But is there stuff here where you feel a particular sense of accomplishment beyond the fact that you know you've spearheaded it most of this on your own?
3: I think like just communication (laughs) in the records about about a lot of that but like like communicating with people that have contributed to the record like it's that it was like a huge especially when you do things remotely it's not easy Mm. think sometimes it would be but if it doesn't work out the way you want it to that can be quite challenging and not being in a room when you're like you know, tracking drums, someone just sends you something and you're like, oh, this is like not this, that we really need to dig into that. And it's not as easy as being like, hey, now can you play it this way? And can we try this? Right. It's like, it's yeah. uh like a stressful, like it's almost like mixing. We're mixing like, oh my God, it stresses me out a lot because it's like a lot of emails back and forth and things where it, things totally don't sound right off the top. And then it takes like, you know, a lot of like, revisions to get there. Um, and just like having, i just, I think I've having patience with that. And like, I've always, you know, it, it can be challenging sometimes where you're like, I know where this needs to be, but it doesn't sound like <laughs> where it should be. That yeah. kind of stuff is like challenging. So I think from that, that standpoint, I'm proud of myself for doing all that and getting through that and like finding, like just learning a lot about, how to communicate with people, and that is something that I kind of surprised myself with, I guess. Um, you, it's,
1: you were, it's it sounds like you were surprised by your own leadership,
3: yeah, I think so. And the, it is like it, it's, it's not that stuff is, it's challenging, like, and I think a yeah. producer's job is that's like the whole thing, like, communi- communicating exactly what you want and the things you need, and. That's something that's not always been easy for me, but it got there. And um, so that, I think I'm proud
1: of that. Well, I I think you should be. Thank you. As the expression goes, (laughs) the proof is in the pudding. I think the record was uh, spearheaded by the right uh, person, you. It it seems to have worked out very well, yeah. Thank you. uh, Maybe the obvious question is, what do you, mm. what, if, from this experience of doing things in this, mm. this way, at this point, can you say like, will this inform what you do next?
3: Um, yeah, I think I, everything, I don't know, every, I like to approach every record with kind of a, a fresh, from a fresh perspective. Sure. Um, and I like to challenge myself and try different things because i think that's important as like an artist so I, and i think that's how i improve but yeah i think i i like that i liked i liked the fact like to be able to kind of like work on ideas and then if it doesn't work i can be like well that sucked and i can like erase everything and start from scratch again yeah and not feel bad about it like those kinds of things are cool and like working on your own kind of timeline is really really nice and but i do love i love collaborating with people and so we'll see i do think it it has like helped me learn a lot and 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 has indicated like for sure things that i think i know now that i can do it and i probably yeah we'll definitely do more of it
1: yeah well that's no, great and maybe you Maybe now that you've stepped up for yourself, you could produce other people.
3: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Just,
1: just, just planting ideas, seeds. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? You can do it. I think you can do it. Totally. You've got a track record. You've been doing this a long time too. Like, I mean, I think it's true. Yeah, you could probably pull it off. So, uh, in that same vein uh, about future plans, uh, yeah, this record is out uh, at the end of the summer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, end of August. So. I'll I'll link to that and all those sorts of things. Do you have tour dates and other plans that you could want to share at this point?
3: Yeah. Basically I am going to the UK at the at the beginning of September and mm-hmm. I have a few dates there, a bunch of like in-store performances that I'm doing. Then I'm opening for broken social scene. Um, through the states. And Mm -hmm. there's about like 16 dates that I'm doing with them and a bunch of in stores as well. And then I'm doing like Canadian headlining stuff in November. So I'll be really busy September, October and November. And um, yeah, with the hopes of, you know, continuing on and doing more shows next year.
1: Nice. Well, that's, that's great. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. Now if people want to learn more about, I know we talked a little bit about how social media sucks and the internet, the internet is bad, (laughs) but if uh, you want to point people to where they could learn more about you, where would you like to send them?
3: Um, you can go to like my Spotify page. It's just like, if you just Google Hannah George's, sure. you can find stuff, but like Instagram, iTunes, you can pre-order my record you know, on my web. My website is a good place to check out, yeah. com. Yeah, you can find, you can. Find me on the internet.
1: Just making sure. Sometimes at this point in our trajectory, someone will be like, "Do not. I don't use Twitter. I don't use Instagram. Ah, I only use this. So I'm, or I started to use this again. So it is a bit. Yeah. I know it can be, uh, you know, annoying to talk about where people can learn about you, but I I just, I'm, I'm curious these days because I, I'm trying to figure out what we're all using and. Um, anyway, yeah. so I appreciate... So basically, yeah, I'll link to everything, but particularly hannahgeorges.com. Is that fair? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, all right, that's fine. Well, let But follow follow Hannah wherever you, you can, on whatever you use. I think she's probably there. <laughs> now, if we can go out on a song from I'd Be Lying If yeah. I Said I Didn't Care, Hannah, can you choose one for us? And if so, uh, can you tell us why it came to mind?
3: Um, yeah, uh, I think a nice song to... Uh to, a nice song to play would be um Home and it's a song that ki- it came out um not too long ago August 1st and um, yeah it's just uh the latest single that's out and it's a song about feeling unsettled and misplaced but it's there's a, there's something empowering to it at the same time <laughs> um and uh yeah that, i'll leave it at that it's uh it's just the latest and most uh
1: recent single that's out it's kind of a heavy song if i may say but uh it seems to me it, it is a bit lyrically yeah, yeah
3: it is it's a bit heavy um but it it, f- it still feels like kind of upbeat in a way yeah. i guess yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah for sure no i appreciate that okay well let's let's hear it now uh from the uh, wonderful new record i'd be lying if i said i didn't care by hannah Jordis. uh this is home uh hannah it's lovely to uh reconnect with you we haven't chatted in a long time and i i i for one of the two of us i for one enjoyed this i hope you did too, too. and i hope best luck in the future i hope we talk again soon
3: me too thank you so much for inviting me on
1: It's still sort of strange to me that that might be the first interview I've done with Hannah Georges in thirteen years. I we must have done some short stuff or something. I know we we did a thing once where we went to I had a show where I had breakfast with musicians. So she and I met in Guelph after she played a show. We had breakfast, but I, don't know, I thought we did more talking. But I, I don't I think that yeah, this might be it. It's monumental in a way. Thanks for listening to this uh, chat with uh, Hannah Georgis. And Hannah, thank you if you're still listening. If you're listening back, see if uh, I made it sound okay. Thanks for being back on the show. I mean, sorry, for being on the show for the first time, obviously. Oh, Lord, I should go to bed soon. Anyway, this is the 795th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available just about wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. Uh, you can like Creative Control on Facebook if it still exists as you're listening to this. You can follow the show on Twitter. Remember Twitter, at Vish Creative, or you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, at Vishkana. I'm also on some of the other social media apps. Just look me up. I'm on Blue Sky and Threads and, I don't know, maybe as you're listening to this, social media doesn't even exist. If you can uh, support this show financially, if you have the means and the uh, desire, you can do that directly at patreon.com slash creative control. I've linked to the Patreon page, but that's if you look up creative control on Patreon, you'll find it. There you can make a flexible monthly donation to support this show. Uh, $6 American or more a month grants you access to some uh, exclusive content, and you get episodes earlier than everybody else and uh if you'd like a creative control t-shirt i still have some in stock Uh, i think i'll be saying that for the rest of my life uh but just message me on patreon if you want a shirt and i'll get you one while supplies last thank you hey speaking of thanks thanks again to the wonderful alberta record store blackbird music which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca also want to thank pizza trocadero the bookshelf and Planet bean coffee in guelph and granddad's donuts in hamilton those cities are in ontario their in-kind support for this show speaking of beautiful things that are in Ontario Jim Guthrie that's a beautiful thing what a beautiful man he is you can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org and some of the music that uh, you hear sometimes on the show was made by Jim Jim I love you buddy thanks so much I also love your website which I'm gonna plug again jimguthrie.org and finally thank you for listening to this episode with Hannah Georges I hope you'll check out her new album album and uh, her other stuff too and go see her on tour she seems to have a lot of tour dates thanks for subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends about it maybe they'll do the same and that's it oh my god I'm tired I gotta go I'll talk to you real soon goodbye for now